0: What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Diggers podcast, part of the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. It is Friday, and that means Michelle Majuk. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey. I was just
1: making fun of you before the podcast. I feel like we're <laughs> starting on a strong note. Uh, you're already mad at me, and it's perfect. This is going to be a great episode.
0: Yeah, we're going to do – we got a lot of messages from people that we want to share, so we're going to respond to all of those. You called me out for some of the things I said on the Gold Standard Podcast yesterday with Levin about Adam Schefter and his bogus Jimmy Garoppolo tweet. Plus, this is our last show before training camp begins next week. We made it, Michelle
1: we did make it and i think there's some interesting training camp battles to follow along over the next couple weeks or next month i guess um and really digging into like the bottom end of this roster um i think it'll be a good discussion for us to have quickly about you know do they keep a certain running back that i'm worried about that they might cut you know who it is already but we'll get into that later
0: yes we absolutely will uh and by the way just a quick reminder We are going to be boots on the ground in training camp. Kyle Posey is going to be there. Jason Aponte is going to be there. Jordan Elliott is going to be there. We will have reports for you every day after practice on training camp. Every day that the media is allowed. I think it's 10 practices. So we are going to be there. You will have first-hand knowledge of what happens there. It's not going to be like, you know, having this guy heard from this guy who saw that. No, no, no. Niners Nation will be there for you. So Perfect time to follow if you haven't done so already. We always say if you take the time to leave a review on the show, we will read it. And we have gotten many. Um, Please, please, please follow. Please five star reviews. Got to get our Apple Pods rating up. It is climbing slightly, but we're not where we want to be just yet. And part of the reason, Michelle, is a lot of people are not happy with me. You're one of them. You called me out last week. I said on the show that George Kittle needs to produce more.
1: That, that got a lot of people mad that yes. did that got a lot of people mad um because it's like you see him out there he's doing his best he's trying his hardest
0: <laughs> well, of course <laughs> I think he's trying his hardest I never and thought
1: I don't know what else you want from him he can't play the he can't um like make the play calls and he can't target himself he can't make Jimmy Garoppolo give him better targets like I don't know what else you want from the man. He's out there giving his whole heart and soul.
0: Well, that is exactly what someone said. Uh, Aris Yaga in a review, four-star review. Oh, Subject-
1: the worst stars. Give us zero. <laughs> I don't, give us one.
0: <laughs> Subject is great most of the time. Great most of the time, but sometimes sounds like stats just says the dumbest things to get clicks or something can do without the ridiculous whining everyone else. I enjoy very much. Listen, every day stats, the take that you said that Kittle needs to do more like what throw it to himself and call the plays, right? I had to turn it off. So yes, Aww. people are not happy with So me, He turned
1: but... it off before I defended him.
0: Right. How about this one? First of all, this comes from Lars honey toast, 49, which fantastic handle. Kittle needs to produce question mark, but at least this is a five-star review. Long-time listener, first-time reviewer, love the show. Since you said you read these, I feel the need to call you out, Rob, for your horrid Skip Bayless-level hot take on last week's show. I was just going to chalk it up as you fishing for clicks, Much like Michelle having Hollywood Brown and Cortland Sutton in her top 10 wide receiver ranks, take that. But your repeated line of George Kittle needing to produce as you scoffed while dismissing him as being in the realm of talent as Travis Kelsey made me had to write in to defend our boy, Mr. Kittle. Now, first of all, let's be clear about something. I never said George Kittle is not in the realm of talent with Kelsey. I think Kelsey is a better player than George Kittle, but I didn't make it seem like George Kittle can't hold Travis Kelsey's strap. That's not what I said. So I just, you know, let's not misrepresent things. Uh, the review, Trevor, the reviewer goes on more to talk about usage rate. But then there's this, Michelle, he adds at the end of the review. If either Sutton or Hollywood Brown finish as a top 10 wide receiver, I'll eat an entire jar of mayonnaise. He's
1: never going to eat an entire jar because as soon as he has two bites, he's going to give up. But I cannot (laughs) wait to get this video because it's happening. One of them will definitely, I feel very strongly that one of them will finish top 10 and he didn't even, he could have said both. He said either one. So he's going to be sending in a video. I feel pretty strongly about that. uh, Come January. Looking forward to it.
0: That's a good call by you. That's terrible. Trevor, you should have, Oh, you should have did both doing either is a dangerous, (laughs) dangerous thing we have inspired people like that's now a thing now with this friggin mayonnaise is that people keep disagreeing with us and saying like, Oh, if this happens, I'll eat mayonnaise. We don't want people to consume mayonnaise in I this do. fashion.
1: I, I do. I want to see oh. it. I want everybody to be miserable with me. Like that, uh, that college football quarterback he puts mayonnaise in his coffee in the morning. That's it has uh, got some stop. psychopaths. <laughs> that, that's like top level. I don't want to hang out with you, uh, kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, that's like uh, he's gonna go on some crime spree in the future, <laughs> and people are gonna be like, "Well, what was he like as a person?" It was like, "Well, we should have realized once yeah. he started putting mayonnaise in the coffee, that was the red <laughs> flag there." Uh, so first, let me just say, uh, I have to admit, I owe George Kittle a little bit of an apology. So uh, Trevor, that reviewer did point out usage rate. So I was all set, all fired up, like, okay, I'm going to get these people, right? I'm going to come on the show on Friday and prove them wrong. And I did not realize that Kelsey and Mark Andrews and some of these other tight ends had so many more targets than George Kittle. That's my mistake. That's my bad. I should have been better. I apologize to the listener and I apologize to you, George Kittle. I was a little harsh there. Although I do still contend, Michelle, that he needs to do more and put up more in the red zone. He needs I, more touchdowns.
1: Shanahan needs to be more consistent with using him. He He's such a good play caller at times and then such a bad one other times. It's like he forgets he has these amazing weapons and all of a sudden only remembers that Debo Samuel is there. He's like the only person in his mind on the entire roster, which Devo Samuel is amazing, and putting the ball in his hands normally results in good good stuff, but it's too inconsistent with the way he's used. It's like one game he'll get 10 targets, the next he'll get one. There is no game that he should be getting fewer than five targets. There really just isn't. He needs to be utilized on a regular basis consistently.
0: Kittle had 11 red zone targets last year. Now that did lead the team, which is good, but like George Kittle should be getting a red zone target Every time the 49ers are in the red zone every game, it's crazy to me that 11 led the team. He generally, his touchdowns usually are from further away because he breaks so many damn tackles. I want to see him become more of a weapon in the red zone, which I think he will with Trey Lance. But I have to say I was mostly wrong on George Kittle, and I apologize for that. I'm willing to have my mind changed, I always say. And in this case, I was wrong.
1: And to compare that 11%, Mark Andrews had 27% of of the Ravens red zone targets, 27 to 11. Like, yeah, that's why Mark Andrews put up nine touchdowns because he's actually being utilized in the correct area. And he had 26% of his team's targets last year, which Mark Andrews is a great tight end. Don't get me wrong. You have to be great to be able to be used this way, but we've seen George Kittle get a large amount of targets and be fantastic. Like, it's not like his efficiency goes down or, you know, the plays aren't good when you get the ball in his hands. I guess maybe they're they're worried about him getting injured because he has had those issues. If he you know, he's just too crazy after
0: he has the ball <laughs> in his hands,
1: just, you can go down sometimes. You don't have to get hurt. Uh, that's what he has to learn. And maybe he'll be used more if he starts to get that through his head.
0: I think part of it is, He's such a good blocker, and Kyle Shanahan hates risk. He's so risk averse that Kyle wants to run it in the red zone. And Kittle is such a good blocker that Kyle's first instinct when they get in the red zone, let me just hand it off. Maybe we can score a touchdown without having to risk throwing an interception or putting the ball in the air. I think that's part of it too with Kittle.
1: Well, that's one of the things he's going to have to work on this year. Stop being so, you know, you got to get a little bit more aggressive in all areas of the field and in the first half on fourth down decisions on third down instead of running it consistently on short sometimes you gotta throw it hopefully we'll see that change if you trust lance more than jimmy
0: i totally agree that's the number one thing i will be looking for in terms of kyle shanahan this year how does he change now with a new quarterback uh trevor mentioned your fantasy rankings which leads us into this review from ben wyatt outstanding Subject Raheem Mostert, five stars. This is my favorite podcast ever, and I listen to it every night. But where was Raheem Mostert in the top running backs?
1: Not, <laughs> I would have had to do like five more shows of running backs for him <laughs> to be listed. Not, not anywhere close. I mean, yeah, if he stays healthy, maybe he can be fantasy relevant. Um, I still want to have him in my top 30 running backs, even if. He can make it even half a season to be healthy, but it's too—it's a crowded backfield with the Dolphins. It's like a Dolphins running back rarely does well uh, in fantasy, and then you have Chase Edmonds, you have Sony Michelle. Who Chase Edmonds is going to steal the receptions. Sony Michelle is going to likely steal some goal line work, and it doesn't really leave Mostert with too much work. You'll have some break breakout plays. we we'll probably take it to the house once or twice, but being able to predict when those are going to come is going to be nearly impossible.
0: Yeah, Raheem Mostert is a perfect example of like, maybe you got some bye weeks or whatever, people hurt, you throw Mostert in for a start, he's capable of winning you a week, because like you said, he can break away and make those big plays, but you can't really depend on that consistently. I do like that he's in Miami with Mike McDaniel, who obviously was a huge part of the 49ers running game, but it's there's too much work, too much uh, volatility there with Mostert. Uh, I know 49er fans will always have a soft spot for Raheem Mostert after he literally single-handedly carried them to the Super Bowl when he destroyed the Green Bay Packers, and he'll get free drinks in San Francisco forever after that.
1: <laughs> he was so good that that postseason. I love me some Raheem Mostert. I was all on the train last year. I thought he was still going to be that lead back, and the first week one it was looking great until it didn't. Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> just so fast he jumped up he was excited after that one big, and then all of a sudden he was just out for the year it's like what, yeah what, what happened what that happened? was so
0: bizarre things it's just a weird turn the nine-year season is taking and can I just say this with Raheem Moster Raheem Moster is faster than Tyreek Hill Raheem Moster is the fastest player in the league maybe not with rookies now but like we, we know this, we have the measurements. We literally know exactly how fast people run on the field. It drives me nuts when people talk about, oh, Tyree Kill is the fastest player. No, he's not. It's Raheem Mostert, or at least it was before this latest injury that always drove me nuts.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe they meant, uh, the fastest player that mattered.
0: Oh, <laughs> <man>. <laughs> I mean, if you're
1: not on the field. What does it matter that you're fast?
0: That was like, that was just a reminder for everybody. Michelle is not a 49er fan. Here's a punch in the gut.
1: I'm a big 49ers fan now. You've turned me, but I mean, come on.
0: We are turning people, by the way.
1: What gets people more excited, talking about Tyree Kill or talking about Raheem Mostert? Yeah, but that doesn't This this kind of can go into the whole media thing, you know? It's just like, do you want to get into that conversation?
0: Well, hold on. I want to read one more review, and then we'll get into it. This comes from Floor245, five stars, fantastic show. Great podcast overall and has made me a far better and smarter 49ers fan. Still waiting on that Monday show. Yeah, me too. My favorite show is Friday's Gold Diggers with Michelle. Rob, don't let her get away with this past episode on not doing a top 10 fantasy tight ends. These episodes were extremely entertaining and need help getting back to fantasy championship where I lost due to stupid Jamar Chase going God mode. Side note, I looked up how everyone looks and can say that none of the host's voices match their faces. I can't tell you how often I hear that.
1: It happens, though, on every show. Like, I'll listen to podcasts. um Like, around the NFL, I listened to for so long, and I had no idea what they looked like. And then you go look them up, and you're like, oh, wow, it's not what I expected at all. Or, like, radio shows. And they're they're always surprising.
0: Well, people always say that. You don't look like you sound... Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Do I look worse than I sound? Or do I like, do I sound like I should be more attractive? Like I never See, know. This how is to something I will problem. not
1: ask. I don't want to know. I don't want to know which side it was. Normally it's the bad side. I think <laughs> normally when I'm listening to someone and then I go look, I'm like, oh, I thought they were going to be a little cuter, <laughs> but I got, I mean, so I don't want to know. I'm not going to ask him if it was good or bad. I'm just going to live, um, in ignorance, you know, that's better.
0: Yeah. I don't ignorance know. is so- bliss. Somebody told me I had a fat voice, like they expected me to be fatter when they, when they saw me on YouTube. I don't know why. I don't know what a fat voice is. Okay.
1: (laughs) That's all right.
0: Let's get into it. Michelle Adam Schefter tweeted this week that the 49ers have given Jimmy Garoppolo and his representation permission to seek a trade. I took issue with this because it's not actually news in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Matt Mayoko reported on March 28th that Jimmy Garoppolo had permission to seek a trade. All Adam Schefter was doing is doing a favor to Garoppolo's agents. That is it. That is not news. It's nothing. I could report right now that the 49ers drafted Trey Lance third overall. I could report that right now. It happened. It's been a fact for quite some time, but that's apparently that's what we can do. Stats.
1: It's July 22nd. Yeah, It's the last big storyline that's pretty much left in the off season before training camp. They have to report on football 24 seven, the entire year. And it's July 22nd and people are interested in where Jimmy Garoppolo goes. He's a quarterback. And you know, there's still some teams that might there's I'm sure fan bases of the Seahawks, even maybe, I mean, the Texans fan base does like Davis mills, but I'm sure some want an upgrade. Um, the Browns. I mean, I guess they just signed Josh Rosen, which is just hilarious. (laughs) But, and you have to realize a lot of regular football fans are not paying attention to the NFL in March. So when that first report came out, no one, a a lot of the casual watchers were not paying attention. Maybe now that it's getting close to the training camp, they put it back out there. They start the buzz again. It creates another storyline for the NFL. Like I, And also you guys are getting so mad that people didn't know is already Trey Lance's job before, and they're not paying attention. No, they're not paying attention. They don't care about your 49ers. If they are a fan of another team that are casual watchers that just enjoy football, but aren't crazy like you and I, they, didn't know Trey Lance was the starter. Maybe, maybe they saw Jimmy Garoppolo was still on the roster and they haven't seen any movement. So they thought maybe he will still be the starter. Like that's not there, it's not a big problem that they thought that. They're just not psychos like we are nope. and obsessed with football.
0: I don't take issue with the fans who might not know. I take issue with the national media who should know, who have a duty and a responsibility to know, since they have platforms and they're going to be talking about these teams. They have a duty. They have to inform the people that you're talking about that don't know, but they don't. They're like, well, maybe they're going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's, it's disgusting. It's a, you know, they wouldn't do
1: it. If every time they did it, 49ers fans flipped out, like they lose their shit. (laughs) Anytime that there is a slightly, it's not even like bad for Lance, but if anything, they're not like praising up the Holy Lord of Trey Lance. You guys, flip out. And this is why they're doing it. And it's like, if you would just ignore it, just ignore it. There is a report coming out that Travis is killing Kenny Pickett in camp and Pickett doesn't look good. Steelers it's like, we're just, we're just like, just relax. It doesn't matter. No one's freaking out. Maybe because we have no faith in Kenny Pickett and you guys actually have faith <laughs> in Trey Lance. but like, in, I don't know, like they know it's going to get clicks and they know it's going to get engagement. And you guys are the one saying, Oh, it's just for clicks and engagement. Then stop. Engaging. If you know, if that's what it's for, then stop it. Just stop well, it.
0: I want to go back to your Schefter point because that I have, I'm infuriated by that. He, that's not a report, Michelle. He tweeted out a statement of fact. That is not a report. If he wants to report about the situation, then he should do some digging and find out who has made calls into Jimmy Garoppolo. Don't Nobody. just state, well, okay, then maybe say that, like that's a report, right? But to just state a fact and act like it's new news is insulting to the intelligence of the fans. Because all he was doing was he was doing a favor to Garoppolo's agents. And which, by the way, he specifically names in the tweet. That's what pisses me off. It's it's, it's insulting to the intelligence of fans for him to just throw this out there.
1: So national media isn't really a place you can go to if you're a big fan and you want to learn about your team. It's just really not like you're not going to go to ESPN and learn a whole lot about your team. They have to talk about every team and they normally talk about the biggest players, blah, 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 because, you know, it's what they do. So if you want more, you have to come find a podcast like us. And that's what's giving us a platform, which is really cool because if they dug in and it was like long episodes of 49ers shown on ESPN, it's like ugh, people might not come listen. So you should be thankful that they don't do that. That's okay. my that's my stance.
0: I have lived in both worlds. I was for years. I produced Mike and Mike on ESPN Radio for a long time, a national show, the national show, the biggest sports radio show in the country. I produced Pro Football Talk Live at NBC with Mike Florio and Chris Sims. I've been a national person. I've been there. You got to be a mile wide and an inch deep. You got to be able to talk about anything, right? Now I do this and I can say, in 100% honesty, there is nobody out there that is covering the 49ers better than Niners Nation. It's just a fact. We are there. Again, like I said earlier, boots on the ground. Like, if you want to know about the Niners, you're right. Do not trust the national people. And I just, I didn't like it from Chef. It was such an agenda-driven, let me do you a favor so that when one of your clients resigns or whatever, you give me the five-minute heads up. It was disingenuous, and that's what I didn't like about it.
1: Listen, that's fine. It's fine to not like it. I just think sometimes 49ers people need to breathe. Not everyone's coming at you. It may be in this situation. You can be upset, but it's like, it's all the things combined where you guys have just like, it's been. Trey Lance has destroyed your guys' off season pretty much <laughs> like, since Trey Lance has been drafted. You have all turned into 60 year old grumpy men. I don't know why I chose out 60 year old, grumpy. that's very specific. I'm not saying (laughs) all 60 year old men are grumpy, (laughs) but I'm just saying you've all turned into very, very grumpy humans since they drafted him because it feels like you and him against the world. It's like really like people really don't like outside of 49ers nation. They really don't care that much about what happens with Trey Lance. So don't right. give them the time of day because they don't care and you care so much. So you're putting so, so much energy into it while they're just sitting back like, huh, like this is, this is getting me engagement.
0: First of all, I resent the implication that I wasn't grumpy before Trey Lance. was <laughs> Okay. I've been grumpy for years, but I have said, I feel like you're, you're lumping me in with this. I you have are, said, you are, if it. Trey Lance is bad. I will say that I am not personally attached to Trey Lance in any way. The reason I'm, I'm excited is because I want the 49ers to have really good quarterback play. I don't care who that comes from. That's why I was never rooting against Jimmy Garoppolo at any point last year. I want the 49ers to have a great quarterback. I just knew that Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't it. I don't know that about Trey Lance yet. Cause we haven't seen him play. So I'm hopeful that he can be that guy, but if he's not, I'm going to call him out for it.
1: I just hope that he doesn't feel too much pressure now because it has like the 49ers are so in on him, not as like as the organization because they gave up so much to get him, but it feels like the fans are so invested. I just hope it's not too much on this young man's shoulder because I do think he's going to be a great quarterback. Do I think he's going to be top 10 this year? No. So, but they need to give him time. And I think he's going to show way more flashes than Jimmy Garoppolo's ever has. He's going to be a very solid quarterback. We're going to have to be patient with him. He's going to make mistakes. I did. I don't know if I already brought up the stat, um, on an earlier episode, but I want to hit on Jimmy Garoppolo really, really quick here. Like the quarterback play almost can't get worse than what it was last year. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo had a, a big time throw percent. So on PFF, a big time throw is a pass with excellent ball location and timing, generally thrown further down the field and into and or into a tighter window he had a big time throw percent of 2.2 that was the second lowest among quarterbacks only daniel jones had a lower percent last year and then not only was he not doing big time throws turnover worthy plays so you're putting the ball at risk of being intercepted or having a fumble he had the second highest rate in that 4.6 percent among all quarterbacks only tua had a higher percent ben roethlisberger was tied with him it it was a bad year for Jimmy Garoppolo and they still got to the NFC championship. Like, just like, that's a win. That is such a big win. And now Trey Lance may have his faults in his first season starting, but it's like, you didn't have good quarterback play last year. I know the numbers seem okay. Like the overall numbers, you're like, seems okay. His quarterback win rate seems fantastic, but you're, you're getting an upgrade. You're getting someone with way more potential and, those big-time throw percent, you know it's going up with that arm. So I just I just don't want too much pressure on the young man because he is going to struggle at times. But overall, I think it's going to be a big improvement.
0: That's the frustrating combination with Garoppolo. It's that he wasn't making big-time throws, and yet you, when that happens, you're supposed to get a safe game plan. But instead, you were getting no big-time throws and still getting turnovers. That was the part that drove you absolutely crazy uh yeah. and yeah I think with Lance you're going to get more of both you're going to get more turnovers and I think you're going to get more big time plays and as long as he makes enough big time plays you can live with the turnovers we've seen it with Matt Stafford tied for the league lead in interceptions last year the Rams won the Super Bowl why cuz Stafford also threw like 40 something touchdown passes <laughs> mm-hmm. so that's going to be the challenge I agree there's a ton of pressure on Trey Lance I think that he has some of the most pressure on him as anybody, because they're going to move on from Garoppolo. They gave up the three first round picks. The 49ers have such a good roster. And he waited this so is... long
1: to see him. I think that's yeah. the issue like because the five other quarterbacks or the four other quarterbacks who started last year for not counting mills, but you know, the Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, um, I guess Mac Jones is good, but there's just not a lot of pressure on him anyways. Cause everyone's just like, yeah, he's going to be solid, but the yeah. other three, they were so incredibly bad that it's almost like all the pressure's off of them completely now because they're just like yeah let's hope they show improvement next year that's pretty much it like they it's like they got their starts in we saw it happen they played in the nfl it was not good but you can make excuses for all of them with their coaches or their playmakers or whatever the offensive line so I just feel like all the stress is away from them and they can just focus on their second season and focus on getting better. And now with Trey Lance, it's we have waited so long and the 49ers gave up so much for him. It's just building and building and building. We just need the season to start. I feel I I think he has such a like I don't think it's affecting him from everything he says. He comes off like a really strong and focused mind and head. He seems like a really good kid. So hopefully it doesn't affect him. I've just I don't know what the solution would be. I know fans are excited. It's just we got to temper our expectations a little bit.
0: And we're so close. Training camp starts. We're just days away from the start of training camp. I do agree that most of the questions about Lance are from the neck down. It's all about footwork, accuracy. Everything that we hear is that they loved his intelligence coming out of the draft. Steve Young has said multiple times he has zero doubts that Trey knows how to make the right reads. Like everything from the neck up, his leadership, all that stuff. It's been all check marks. Every possible thing that you would want a franchise quarterback to check off, Trey has been doing it from that perspective. But there is a physical side to playing this game, and you need to be able to throw the ball accurately and on time if you're going to be successful.
1: So question here. So with Kyler Murray getting his massive extension, what are your thoughts on this? Cause he got it after his third year. And I think that's going, uh, Patrick Mahomes got it after his third year, I believe Josh Allen after his third year, I think this is going to be the new norm and a lot of money. So if Trey Lance does show something this year and then has his big, massive breakout the next year, you probably only have two years of him on his rookie contract now. So maybe that goes into paying Brand or uh, Debo Samuel goes into paying Nick Bosa And, uh, I don't know. I I just, I I think if he is who we want him to be, he's going to get paid after his third season. Do you agree?
0: Yes. Because that's what you do when you have a guy that you're, you're confident and you know, is the guy you pay him after the third season, which is as soon as you can by rule in the CBA, because. The longer you wait, the more expensive they get. There's just It's just going to cost you more money, so there's no reason to wait. If you're sold on a guy, you pay him right away, which is part of the reason I was so frustrated that they didn't play Lance last year because of that, because you need to know right away if you've got a guy at quarterback when they're on their rookie deal because you will have to pay them, and the window to win a Super Bowl is a quarterback who's really good on a rookie deal thus using that extra money to load up the rest of the roster that's generally how it works 49ers sacrificed the year of that last year and it will forever drive me crazy
1: yeah and i mean imagine josh allen already got such a big contract but i feel like he would have even if he waited this one more season it would have even been even crazier higher 43 million a year he has kyler murray's at 45 you could imagine that josh allen would have pushed higher than that if you wait if the bills waited one more offseason so yeah you're right you you pay him when you can it's going to get really interesting because someone even said if jalen hurts has a breakout year he's gonna get paid that kind of money which is just wild to think uh but yeah I, because we were talking i know a couple months ago saying okay well they have a few years with him on his rookie contract but i don't think so anymore i think it's just two he has two years we'll see how it goes
0: yeah and i think it's also a matter of like do they tear up the contract or they, do they make it an extension? So sometimes you can squeeze out an extra year. You finagle the signing bonus, stuff like that. Um, but just quickly on the Kyler deal, like, yes, please. As a 49er fan, sign me up. Great. You've hitched your wagon, Arizona Cardinals to cliff, Kime and Kyler. Okay. Not worried about the Cardinals going forward.
1: Uh, I will say when I had to, uh, do some research on Kyler Murray, uh, yesterday and today, his numbers are pretty fantastic. Not just like his overall numbers are fantastic. He had a higher completion percentage pass yards per attempt and passer rating than both Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen last year. He's one of the best deep pass uh, passers uh, in the league since being drafted. And like we're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo's big time throw being 2.2%. Kyler Murray led the league at 8.1%. No one else had above a set or 6.5. Joe Burrow and Aaron Rodgers were wow. at 6.4, and Kyler Murray was at 8.1%. I do think when he's healthy, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, but the whole thing is they paid him a lot and he has to stay healthy.
0: Kyler can spin it, man. His arm talent is absolutely unbelievable, it's incredible. Uh, throwing on the move, throwing deep, like he said. like And his
1: turnover-worthy play is fourth best in the league, 2.1%. Only Herbert, Brady, and Rodgers were better than him in that area. So he's not being risky with the ball, but also like a great deep passer, which is really impressive to be able to do both those things.
0: Two questions about Kyler. Hopefully you can answer for me. Is he getting any taller?
1: No, but he actually didn't no. have too many bad – he had nine bad batted- – passes last year, Justin Herbert, one of the tallest guys in league 17, batted passes. So it clearly, I mean, it does affect him in ways where I'm sure he has to roll out more. He can't stay in the pocket as much. So maybe that's why they're not getting batted, but at least in that area, he's not losing too many plays to his ball being batted down for being so short.
0: Right. Yeah. Now I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about one, just like it's a simple reality. I don't think people realize like offensive linemen are really tall, and Kyler is not. He's not taller than me. He's listed at 5'10. I'm 5'10. I have stood next to the man. He is not taller than me. Now, he's much, much thicker than me because he's a real athlete, and I'm skinny as a rail, but he has to roll out because he can't see, especially over the middle. Like, you need to be able to find a passing lane.
1: Well, they and... love to give him little short wide receivers, too.
0: <laughs> right. And, uh, He's not getting any, like, generally any bigger. And I think that injury is always going to be a problem for him because he's going to play against guys that are 6'4", 6'5", that are super freaking strong. And, like, the play he got hurt on last year was not like, you know, some bone-crunching jar. It was kind of like a standard NFL play. But when you're out there with guys that are that much bigger and stronger than you – That's going to happen. So I'm just, I am not worried about Kyler Murray in being in the division for the next, you know, through, I think it's 2028, the contract runs. Like I'm totally not worried about that at all.
1: Yeah. And I'll say, I would rather have Kyler Murray in my division than Joe Burrow, than Lamar Jackson,
0: Russell Um, Wilson.
1: Yeah. I was thinking like my, the the AFC North, it's a a brutal division Deshaun Watson. Watson. I'd rather have Kyler Murray. Than him, obviously, because I just don't want him anywhere near me. um But so looking, because Kyler Murray, too, let's just, I know we're getting off track here, but he struggles without DeAndre Hopkins on the field. At least last year, his numbers dropped dramatically. I'm sure that also had to do with the injuries. So we'll see there, but like dramatically dropped. So he's going to ha- be without him for the first six games. They have a hard schedule, at least to start. They have the Chiefs, they have the Raiders, they have the Rams, they have the Eagles. Um, it's going to yeah. be, then I guess they get the Panthers and the Seahawks, but hard for six games.
0: And we were just talking about Trey Lance and how things look like, you know, he has sort of the right mentality and to be a leader. That's my question with Kyler is the opposite. All my questions yeah. about him are not from the neck down. Physically. He's amazing. It's from the neck up. Like I'll never forget in the playoffs last year against the Rams, there was the Manning cast, the alternate broadcast, and they had Russell Wilson on. And I know that Russell Wilson can be a cornball sometimes. But Russell was talking about, okay, you're the Cardinals. You're getting beaten the playoffs. Like, what what are you doing? And Russ was like, I'm going up and down the sideline going to every guy. Hey, you got to believe we're still in this. You got to get back into this game. We can do it. Come with me. Like, follow me. I'll take you there. And then, bam, they smash cut to Kyler on the sideline. And he's like, just head in his hands, sitting all by himself, Like he looked like there was no place in the world. He wanted to be less than in that stadium, in that playoff game.
1: I actually really don't like his face. (laughs) Like his face (laughs) makes me angry. (laughs) I just really don't. Uh, But no, you're, you hit it on the head there. Uh, That's one thing I wasn't considering because when I'm digging into these sets, I'm like, damn, he is like better than I give him credit for, but That is such a big part of it, the leadership. And that is where maybe the quarterback wins comes into it where his record is worse than these other top guys. And you can't put everything on the quarterback and quarterback wins. You know, a lot of people think they're fake, but I do think a leadership part of that is huge. Like Josh Allen, his teammates would die for. His teammates love him. It seems like um, Patrick Mahomes is a great leader. And then you have, you know, I mean, I guess Aaron Rodgers, it doesn't seem like most people like him, but who knows there. And it seems like Jalen Hurts is getting this opportunity still in his third year because of his leadership, yes. which is kind of the opposite now uh, with Kyler Murray. It's like he's getting this money because of his talent, but definitely not due to the leadership. It seems like, but Trey Lance already, his teammates seem to absolutely love him. And I think he has the skill set to be a really strong leader. I'm excited to see that part of, uh, part of it this year
0: I want to see like what well, just what he's like like I heard uh I can't remember who it was an offensive lineman it was busting with the boys podcast it was a lineman for the uh titans and he talked about you know Blaine Gabbert getting in the huddle and being like I think it was Gabbert he was like hey hey boys we're gonna dice these guys up watch me dice these guys up and then he gets out there and like immediately throws an interception. Oh, and like that God. hurts your credibility with your teammates in the huddle. Yeah. I don't know what Trey is going to be like in the huddle, but everything we know that Garoppolo was very calm in the huddle, especially at like late in the end of games, gave guys a lot of confidence. Like, Hey, we're going to go down and get this thing done. Uh, is Trey privately like that? Where he's like, watch this. We're going to go kick their ass. I don't know. I'm excited to find out.
1: I don't think so. He doesn't seem like that. He does not seem like that kind of guy. He seems level-headed. I am cringing for Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> that's like really, that's really <laughs> awkward. I feel so bad. I, that's like one of those moments. If you saw on TV, you have to pause it. Cause I like, I'd be so embarrassed <laughs> for that person.
0: <laughs> well, so you say that you don't think that Trey is like that. Sometimes guys are though. There's a podcast that's out right now. Uh, Zach Kiefer of the athletic did this awesome podcast called luck. And it's all about Andrew luck who apparently, like, you look at him and, like, he's this big kind of goofy, nerdy guy, but in the huddle was an absolute stone-cold killer and would tell people, like, "What we're going to go out there and take their soul, of course, and then he would go and do it. That's fine
1: if you actually do it. Like, if you actually can do it, then that's completely fine, but. I mean, we know how Blaine Gabbert's career turned out. Hey, he's still in the NFL, so who am I to judge? She's made it a long time. Good for him, um, but that's that's pretty embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I guess it all really does come down to. Cause even Ben Roethlisberger had such a long career and it did seem like at times his teammates didn't like him. He was kind of a jerk, a really big jerk, but then <laughs> it did in the huddle. It did feel like he had control and he knew what he was doing. And then he always like at the end of games, got guys where they needed to be, did the right thing. So, and you don't have to be the whole around package. Hopefully, you know, Trey Lance is a better human than Ben Roethlisberger. But I, I do think who you are in the huddle is massive and on the sidelines and when you seem like you're not caring whatsoever like Kyler Murray why is anyone else gonna care on offense because you're they're looking to you you're the one that runs the entire thing
0: they take their cue from you absolutely by the way just quick aside because I know we got to get to the training camp stuff did you see Ben Roethlisberger came out and said that Kevin Colbert the GM and Tomlin wanted to move off of him last year and basically Rooney the owner is the reason that Ben stayed on the Steelers last year. What do you think of that?
1: We all wanted him off.
0: Right. We what a waste of a year. Like off. Rooney, what? Rooney, uh, what the are you Steelers doing? The Steelers could
1: have traded up and got Justin Fields. That would have been way better use of their time
0: unbelievable and also Ben said he felt like he had a good year last year and he said his arm is still arm feels good still can play in the league I'm like Like, are you not coming
1: back (laughs) you're not coming back or not to the Steelers and I don't think he'd play anywhere else but I I was so done I was so done I'm so done with that boring offense thank you for the Super Bowls thank you for a lot of winning seasons but bye
0: yeah, I just I saw that I immediately thought of you because I know your feelings on the whole thing. All right, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll get into some of the training camp battles that have caught your eye, Michelle. We're back here on the Gold Diggers podcast. All right, we are just days away from the start of training camp. July 26 is the start of 49ers training camp. Again, we will have boots on the ground for you there. All we're gonna have extra podcasts, we're gonna have extra training camp reports every day for you. It's gonna be a ton of fun. There are a couple different spots in the roster that are, I think, training camp battles. Matt Barrows just had an article in the Athletic about this, and one of the positions he did not list, which really surprised me, was safety. And his argument was basically like, "Look, if you go back to OTAs, like Hufanga took all the snaps basically as the first team guy, so like he didn't. Matt Barrows didn't see this as a training camp battle that it's kind of like Hufanga's spot to lose." That makes me nervous, Michelle.
1: I mean, I I think it is right. I think they signed George Odom more to be a, a depth for safety, and then the special teams is really so. I I think he's going to grab a spot, but I do think it's Hufanga's to lose. My question is, do you think they're going to keep four safeties? They did that last year. You would think they want the depth, but is Tarvarius more really worth a roster spot? Because I don't think he is, and then you only have two undrafted guys behind him um so do you think they go into the season with three or you gotta go in with four
0: i would i just feel like you don't you have to go in with four right a starter and a backup for each spot uh granted there would be like you said a huge drop off uh if ward jimmy ward is so freaking good if he misses any time that's a huge huge drop off here's what tarbarius
1: moore was so incredibly bad in 2020 when he started Like a lot of 150 passer rating and coverage, just was just that's like pretty much perfection. That means whoever's (laughs) like it's just they're just killing you. And then he tore his Achilles. Is it going to get better? I I don't think so. Like, I don't see a world where he's all of a sudden better after tearing his Achilles. So, is there a reason to keep him on the roster? Or do you go with Taylor Hawkins or Leon O'Neill Jr., your undrafted guys who have had a lot of starting experience in college? Um, uh, maybe one of them can surprise us, but I, I think I'd rather go with one of them who has potential to do something than just give the spot to direct various more. Like, don't you think if you cut him and if you really desperately need him, he's going to be out there. No one's citing him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think you and I both fall into the category of like, look, I don't know what is behind door number two but if I know what is behind door number one is not good, why would I choose door number one? Like, I know that this is bad. It's like at a restaurant. Would you order something you know you don't like to eat, or would you order something that you've never tried before because you might like it?
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%. And maybe they just go with everyone on the practice squad. Maybe they do just keep three, but these two guys on the practice squad, I just I see no reason to keep more. On the team and waste a waste a spot when you're going to have i mean they're like loaded well i don't like on the defensive line i do think they're going to have trouble cutting it down they kept 11 last year which was a lot do they like you can't keep more than that on the defensive line but it's already going to be pretty hard to um you know knock down their wide receiver running back how many do they keep there I just don't know if you waste a spot. Yes, you need the depth, but at the same time, if there's no one worth it, I think it's silly to keep someone just, just because of that.
0: Yeah. I would much rather them keep an, an offensive line or a defensive lineman, excuse me, because they're so deep there rather than like more at safety. Like don't just keep a safety. Cause you need a safety. If he's not good, get rid of him. And the defensive line is so good. It's so deep. That's the best part. I mean, it's they're just going to be able to rotate guys like Nick Bosa played every game last season. He was one of only 5 49ers that did that. He only played like 75% of the snaps because their defensive line unit is so deep. They were able to get him rest at times, which is why he's so good in big moments, I think, because he's, you know, he's not wiped out at the end of these games. That's a massive massive luxury for the 49ers. I would think they keep the same number this year. Why would they want to keep less? Their whole defense is built around the defensive line, so you should stock up in that area.
1: Yeah, I think you have to keep 11. Um, and I think it's already going to be hard because why did they sign uh, Robert Kim did she? How Kimdichie, Kim- um, yeah. Former first-round pick, I get it, in 2016. So, like, you're saying, like, maybe he has potential. But I'm surprised by that signing because they're already so loaded. They didn't really need him, and I don't even know if he's going to make the team. I mean. Maybe my, possibly. yeah, my
0: first thought was worry because that's just generally how I'm programmed. Like, he's a defensive tackle. Wait a minute. Is there something wrong with Kinlaw? Is did Kinlaw have a setback? Like, what what's going on there? I don't know, but I don't even think he'll make the team. I think he's just a camp body, which is weird because they have so many seemingly, but maybe they're going to give guys rest. But yeah, I don't think that Kim DJ. I was signing.
1: hoping that the signing was going to be an offensive lineman.
0: I know you wanted like Eric, Eric Flowers.
1: Flowers, yes, but it's like. Why? Like you already are stacked at defensive line. You have so much depth. Maybe look where you have the littlest of depth of all time. Uh, and that's your guards. That's your center. We'll see. I, I don't, do you even think it's a camp battle at center or is it just, just Jake Brendel's job to lose? Which by the way, he was cut last year <laughs> at the 53 man, right at the last second, he was cut. So last year he wasn't good enough to make the team. But now he's going to be your starting center, which is interesting.
0: I, I know he's been banged up a little. You know, they're talking him up right now. I think it's weird that they're just sort of handing him the spot. Like, everybody loved after the draft that the 49ers got Donovan West as an undrafted free agent. Like, everybody was praising him, yet all of a sudden, like, nope, Jake Brendel's the guy, unquestioned. It's like, well, wait a minute. Who the hell is Jake Brendel? Like, I'm actually kind of interested to see if Donovan West can beat him out. That would be awesome.
1: Well, it should definitely be a competition. No, yes. ever counting on an undrafted guy to perform as a rookie is very unlikely. Um, it's just the chances of that happening are very slim to none, but at least make it a competition. Don't just give Jake Brendel has done nothing to deserve just a handed starting job. Right. I guess, hopefully, hopefully it is Brendel, right? Hopefully he showed enough. Cause I really don't want, it's not going to be great for Trey Lance to be playing with a rookie that went undrafted, um, at center. That could be a disaster.
0: Yeah, that's not ideal. Uh, I want to go back to something you said earlier in the show cause you kind of hinted at it, but I want to make sure we touch on it. The running back room getting a little crowded back there. Um, I continue to say that like Elijah Mitchell is not like the guy cemented in book it, no doubt about it by any stretch of the imagination. You mentioned a running back you think is you're worried about getting cut. Tell the people who you're worried about.
1: Well, so how many are they going to keep? You can't imagine more than four. I yeah, I know I, they 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 normally keep four because they like to run so much. And I understand that. And they've had really bad injuries with the running back room, just unfortunate. But then you have does Jermichael Hasty finally not make the roster? <laughs> does Jeff Wilson not make it? You know Ty Davis Price is going to so you know it's Elijah Mitchell. You know it's Ty Davis Price. I like I I don't. There's really no reason for them to move on from Je- I feel like Jeff Wilson's always solid, right? When you need him to be. Do they move on from Trey Sermon already cuz they barely used him and Jordan Mason has been getting rave reviews so far in the off season. Maybe he can steal a spot, but if you choose four, two of these guys have to go. Is it Hasty and Mason? Is it Wilson and Mason or does Sermon go in there?
0: Hasty should not be on this team. They they like kind of used him as a third down back like a receiving back last year like I'm sorry I was wrong like I was so intrigued by him at first with his running style he ain't it like he adds nothing to this team you were just talking about you know if you cut him is he gonna be available to Michael Hasty is gonna be available so I think you can yeah. book him as not being on the team. I, totally- I think people
1: would t- pick up Trey sermon in one second though. I think he'd be a starter on like the Falcons for sure. He'd be the best running back there. There's teams that he could go make an impact on. I would personally love Trey sermon to get cut because I think <laughs> he could be a really good running back in the league. I would like him to go somewhere else that he would just be a better fit for. It. He was never, it never made sense. This draft pick didn't make sense to go here. I was excited because I thought. You know, maybe Shanahan wanted to go a different route with his running backs, go with someone a little bit bigger and stronger. Clearly, he he wants someone that's fast, and th- that's what he wants. He wants a speed, sir.
0: Except they drafted Ty Davis-Price, who's a big bruiser. So it's weird. that whole. So something happened with Sermon, and he got in the doghouse, and you're right. I don't think he's a lock to make the roster at all.
1: No, I don't think he is. I, I think Jordan Mason wasn't, like, fantastic in college, but he's getting rave reviews, and if he can show something maybe he does take his job um, or maybe they want to go with someone that's been reliable with Jeff Wilson. I don't know, but we'll see. I hope he makes it. No, I don't hope. He, no, because if he makes it, he's going to sit on the inactive list every week. And I don't want to <laughs> see that. Ugh, but
0: yeah. I would cut Jeff Wilson personally over like,
1: hasty or both no, Wilson and Wilson
0: hasty. and hasty. Adios and keep
1: Mason sermon, Ty Davis price and Mitchell
0: and juice. Don't forget Kyle use
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I have him in a separate little category. Yeah,
0: I know he's a fullback, whatever. Um, But to me, like, and I I don't mean this as a knock on Jeff Wilson, but again, it's like, I know what he is. He is a solid NFL running back. Not that you can find those anywhere, but maybe one of these other guys can be something better than that. So I'm always willing to take a flyer on talent. You can't do it everywhere all the time, but at the running back spot, I absolutely will. I mean, because if you get a running back that is a physical talent and you combine them with the success that Kyle Shanahan has with running backs and you could have something pretty damn special. So yeah, I'm willing to take a, to sacrifice Jeff Wilson to take a flyer on somebody else.
1: Yeah. And I think that's completely fair. And you can pick up a guy off of just sitting in that home. That's going to, you know, it might be Jeff Wilson, like in the middle of the season, if you need a guy like mm-hmm. him, he might still be available or there's going to be others that you can pick up. Uh, did you want to hit on wide receivers real quick here? Because I think like there's five locked in easy, but then that sixth spot, it's could go to any, any of these remaining guys on the roster. But obviously Debo, Ayuk, Jennings, Danny Gray, and Ray, Ray McLeod will be their first five that make it. Then you have guys like Malik Turner, um, Marcus Johnson, Keyshawn Johnson, who when he was like first brought into the league with the cardinals i was kind of excited for him clearly didn't work out and then you have a couple of undrafted guys and tay martin taser mac um like, who takes this last spot any thoughts there
0: i would like they don't have it really on the roster i'll say this it's like tay martin is there at least he's 63 yes. well like... tay
1: martin also led the uh, led the oklahoma um with over oklahoma state or oklahoma oklahoma state Oklahoma state with over a thousand receiving yards had 10 touchdowns, six, three, like you said, so good production. Now he is older. Um, so it took a while for him to break out, but he's never had good quarterbacks either in college with the other guy you're looking at the undrafted guy, Taser Mack last year, he had like 400 yards with Pittsburgh with Kenny Piggott, who was a very good quarterback in college last year. Um, and didn't do much of anything. So you had an NFL quarterback and he didn't do much of anything. Like probably not. He had, didn't do anything in college ever, but my guy I'm keeping an eye on to see, like, I want to see the camp battles. Tay Martin, I would love to see him make this team because Malik Turner, he's had his small chances. Like, like he is what it is. Marcus Johnson, Keyshawn Johnson, like they've all been the Tay Martins already, but we've already seen them not hit, you know, Tay Martin still has that opportunity. I'll totally understand if Malik Turner wins this job, maybe he's safer. Marcus Johnson, but I'll be keeping a close eye on Tay Martin. Just someone fun to watch.
0: And someone to watch, especially early in the preseason, right? You're going to need like kind of under the radar guys to keep an eye on to keep your interest. Um, Kyle Posey brought this up on Wednesday. Like, in order to be a wide receiver that sticks on the back end of the roster, like you have to provide something that the other people on the roster don't provide. Size is a skill, as they say. And the Niners do not have a lot of big wide receivers. You know, Brandon Ayuk is six feet. Um, Debo Samuel right around the same thing, like not a giant Debo six feet. Also, they need a bigger bodied guy. It's part of the reason why Juwan Jennings is there. He's six, three. So if you get another big, taller guy there, and think,
1: Jennings was a seventh round pick. So it's right. like, he's stuck around. It's not, it's not crazy to think an undrafted guy can make a roster. Uh, I'm, I'm, this is going to be my dude. I've decided I've decided yes. today yes. that Kay Martin, is going to be my guy. I'm all in on him. And uh, obviously, even if he makes a team, hopefully he's not playing very much. You would hope these other guys are staying healthy and performing, but I'm going to be excited for him if he makes it.
0: Here's a tip, because Tay may be listening, and to any 49ers receivers that are listening, if you want to make the team, just block your ass off. That Don't even worry about being a wide receiver. Just grind people into the ground, and I <laughs> guarantee you, Kyle Shanahan will find a spot for you That's how Juwan Jennings ended up becoming like this third down specialist for the 49ers last year. He started blocking the hell out of people. And Kyle was like, hey, we got to get this guy more snaps. Turns out the six foot three guy can block defensive backs pretty well. Imagine that.
1: Yeah. I mean, Tay Martin's a skinny dude at six foot three, It's like only 180 something pounds. At least that's what's listed on the 49ers site. Yeah. Uh, So I I don't know how strong he is. But yeah, like you said, you can go into Kyle Shanahan's doghouse real fast if you're not practicing at your your top notch you know giving it your all every play even gonna, if you're
0: brandon iuk <laughs> he's already getting bad
1: reviews this offseason from who there oh i'll have to go find it we can talk about it next episode but i heard it on another podcast um that
0: whoa whoa practice- whoa what a- you're not listening to other 49ers podcasts are
1: it you? wasn't a 49ers podcast there was some fantasy one talking about brandon Ayuk. But something about bad practices already during minicamp or something. I, I gotta go I find know. it. I don't. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I gotta. I gotta go find it. But apparently, Shanahan was already mad at him. It's like Brandon, you, can you just try during practice so that you can get your playing time and your targets, please? Like we all know you're talented in the game. Just try during practice.
0: Well, that's really interesting because at OTAs, Kyle specifically singled out Brandon Ayuk and praised him for having a great off season. So yeah, oh, I want Oh, maybe see.
1: I need a go back to this podcast and call them out for wrong information
0: yeah i don't know well so maybe look maybe things have changed i don't know but i want to know that info and uh, we will dive into it next week we're going to have a whole week of practices to react to michelle real football on the field what we're do gonna i have do? a T.
1: martin long touchdown uh to highlight <laughs>
0: I'm here for it. That's it now. Like, I'm rooting for him officially. You've now, like, you've made him my guy now, too. So, thank you. Let's go. All right, everybody. Keep those ratings and reviews coming. Please, please, please. We love them. Five-star reviews. We always do appreciate it. But no matter what star review you leave, we will read it. Michelle, hope you have a fantastic weekend.
1: You, too. Bye, y'all.